Love Talk Radio. You are listening to the Sound the Fog Heart Podcast presented by Around the Foghorn. Your home for San Francisco Giants baseball on a fan-sided network. Yeah, I'll get to that in a second. I do want to apologize for how long it's been since we've done a show, especially for those who love to tune in, love to listen, love to talk with us, um, provide that conversation. We love that. We love that here at Around the Foghorn. We love that feedback, that dialogue, um, which is why when this is going to be paired with the current when we post this on the website, it's going to be paired with the current um, we've been kind of promoting slash I won't say pimping it, but we've been kind of promoting a um, an article coming up uh, talking specifically with uh, fan questions. This will be in there. This hard link will also make sure that it is on our Twitter account um, once the the live version of this show. Um, gets processed into a uh, something we can either embed or the player something you can download. We're working on getting everything um, put in towards your um, to- towards iTunes, uh, so that should be on the way soon. Uh, check that out. Keep looking into that for us. We got an awesome show here. Um, I'm excited for this show. Um, it is just me today, unfortunately. I'd uh, love to have someone else, but just the way the timing and everything worked, it was just good to get this going. Um, man, what a week. It's, right, since the last time we talked, right, the last time we did a show uh, was the Royals series. It was the, the day before the Royals series, which is crazy. I went to both of those games. The offense was terrible. Madison Bumgarner fought through it. It was the first time for me seeing Madison Bumgarner in person which was awesome. I live in Kansas city. Um, if you haven't heard that on the last shows, that, that's where I'm at. That's where I'm based. I grew up in California, diehard giants fan, grew up in Northern California in the great city of Turlock home of Colin Kaepernick. Yeah. Um, that's about all we have to our, our fame in Turlock is Colin Kaepernick. Um, there's a really good brewery right now in California in Turlock. It's called the Dust Bowl brewery. Um, I was back in March. I checked it out. Fantastic place. That's, I mean, really, those are like the two things I can think of that Turlock has going for them, and half the town doesn't really even care about Kaepernick anymore, which, I mean, it's not surprising at this point. I'm not going to get into political views or anything on Kaepernick um, outside of that I, I love him. I still support him. I hope he gets a job. That's about it. Um so we're going to move on to this. So as I said, I, the last time we talked was in Kansas City. A whole lot has happened since then. They went to Colorado after that series and got destroyed. They came home, played okay against the Dodgers. I, I can't remember if there's another game in that series or not. Then they went to Cincinnati and got absolutely destroyed. Then they went to New York and got destroyed for two games. And then they won one. 
they came back in the ninth inning, led by Mr. Christian Arroyo, rookie, the babyface. I forget the nickname. I'm sorry for those who hated the nickname, but the nickname Bash Baby or something like that. Boss Baby, right? Yeah, that's what it was. Boss Baby. Christian Arroyo. That, that's a terrible nickname. Just stick with the kid. I don't even care if that was Ken Griffey Jr.'s nick. So what? This dude's like the biggest baby face I've ever seen, and he's like my age. I look like 10 years older than him. That's crazy. But anyways, Christian Arroyo double against the Mets. Gets things going. They've lost two games since that game. Two games. Two. Two baseball games. That's crazy. One of them was freaking Bronson Arroyo was on the mound. For some reason, the Giants couldn't get to him. They lost a 2-1 ball game, and the games after that, they've destroyed him. They go through their only losses <laughs> against Christian, or not Christian Arroyo, Bronson Arroyo and Clayton Kershaw. Clayton Kershaw's okay. That's an okay loss. Since that Mets game. I'm okay with that. I expect that. I'm sorry. Clayton Kershaw's amazing. The Giants offense isn't that good. They score enough runs to win games. But they're not like, oh, we can bat Clayton Kershaw all around the freaking yard good. They're not. So, all of this happens, comes into last night, right? I'm sitting there. And I'll tell you, the, the game last night, I'm sitting there, and it's the Giants, Cardinals. I was on my phone. Uh, my wife and I had been out for the night. We went out to – we had to go pick up some, like, deodorant because um, that's a necessary adulthood thing. That's a, that's a necessary thing once you hit age 14. Ah, not age 14, 12. Get deodorant. Um, I was out of deodorant. I was actually using my wife's deodorant because I was too lazy to go to the store and go get my own. Couldn't really tell. That's a good thing. It's probably more than you want to know. Anyways, uh, my wife and I are out around town having fun and um, had to go pick up some stuff at Walmart, good old Wally World. And we stopped by her parents' house, uh, my in-laws' house, my fantastic in-laws. I love them. I'm thankful for them. Um, as my parents are in California still and their parents are relatively close and uh, it's a second family, so I'm quite thankful for them. Um, but so we stopped by their house just because we bought them some candy at the store and wanted to give it to them. Then some family friends texted us and said, oh, we're on our way over. So I'm sitting there, like, keeping track of the game on my phone, and I'm like, oh, come on, guys. And I still had it. It was like the third, fourth, fifth, something like that. It was, one, it was well into the game. I still hadn't gotten, like, an update that anybody had scored a run yet. And so I was sitting there, I was like, oh, well, Okay. I'm not missing a whole lot. And so we're sitting there. It's getting later on and later on and later on. And right around the time, the Giants. Uh, so get, let me get this. Get this I'm in Kansas City, which is huge Royals territory. Even though that they're terrible right now um, and have been pretty terrible for the season. Still love them out here. Whether or not they go to games. Because the Royals are charging a lot more money than they used to. Granted, they sucked for a very long time. But they're charging a lot more money than they used to, and the team isn't that good this year. So a lot of people don't go. 
Um, I'd love to go because the tickets are freaking dirt cheap compared to AT&T Park. I remember AT&T Park. This is a tangent. I'm sorry. I don't really care. It's the opening segment. Um, I remember going to AT&T Park and having to pay. We paid 35 bucks a ticket. 35 bucks a ticket. And we were like four rows from the road bullpen. Four rows, man. We're playing the Padres. That game. I remember that. And it was, it was so cool to be that close. But now I can't sit in stinking the view reserve, like the, the little, up in the upper deck, that little box. That's just, I can't sit there for like less than 40 bucks. Crazy. Kaufman, my wife and I, through a great app. I'm not, I'm, I'm plugging them because it's a great app. And if you want to go to games for cheap, check them out. They give me nothing to say anything about them. So this is a shameless plug. Not shameless plug. It's just a plug. Uh, Game time app is great. My wife and I got tickets like one section over from their diamond club, which is like, you know, the tickets right below the press box, first first deck, and the sections kind of within the home plate range. One row over from that, within that, that whole area, great tickets. 13 bucks a piece is what we paid. 13 bucks a piece. And they got smacked by the White Sox. It was a terrible, boring baseball game. No homers, no nothing. We had great seats for cheap. That's why I like the Royals. Because even though they're expensive, they can still get them cheap. Anyways, so we're sitting there watching the Royals game on TV. They're up in Minnesota. They're up 3-1. Kelvin Herrera comes in the game. I'm thinking, oh, okay, the game's over. About that time, the Giants had the bases loaded. We're up 3-2 in the, bottom, in the top of the seventh. I'm thinking, oh, this, this game's over. Almost simultaneously. No, it, was a, it wasn't as simultaneous. It was pretty darn close. Kelvin Herrera gives up a two-run bomb. I mean, it was a big boy homer. It was like 430 feet, something like that. Came off the bat at like 108, 110 miles an hour. Launched this thing. I forget I forget his name. It was a weird name. Kenny's Vargas. That's who it was. It was Kenny's. Kenny's. K-E-N-N-Y-S. Weird. Anyways, Kenny's Vargas launches, gets a hold of a Kelvin Herrera fastball, launches it. So we're sitting there, and I'm like, all right, we've got to go home. The, you know, the game starts and gets back up in 15 minutes. We're going to have this situation. So they blow it. Giants blow it. They're doing it. I'm sitting there, and I'm just thinking, man, it's the Royals. It's just like the Royals. Right, they almost have the same record right now, which is kind of crazy. Um, sorry, I say I'm a lot. I'm working on not saying that. But Kenny's Vargas does that. I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, crap. I start talking to my parents a little bit. FaceTimed him because I needed to give him an update on my life. That's what happens when you haven't talked to him in a very long time. And because I love my parents, they're great. And so we're giving him a little update on our on our lives, trying to work out summer arrangements since they're coming out here. We've got vacations planned and stuff like that that we have to work around. So sitting there talking and the Giants come back and win I'm thinking wow so I'm sitting here so this gets leads me to my point on the opening the Giants are a completely different baseball team since the last time I since when I saw them in person against the Royals the Giants have become a completely different baseball team because the Giants and the Royals were evenly evenly matched in that series granted there's two one-run games one of the games went 11 innings because neither team could hit the freaking ball the Giants at that point the Giants and the Royals the Giants and the Royals were both so bad, they were just equally as bad. 
But going into this season, and even last season, and 2014, the Giants were just a hair better at getting things done than the Royals. Not in 2015. The Royals were freaking good in 2015. They were crazy good. A lot of vengeance from that 2014 World Series. But you look at it now, the Giants and the Royals, like I said, last time I saw them, when they were here in Kansas City, they were the same team, almost, virtually the same team. Had like one good bullpen piece. Everybody else was a question mark. Their stars weren't hitting. It was a mess. And all of a sudden, the Giants get things clicking. And so I'm sitting here now, and I have to think, who, where am I at as a fan with the Giants? As a fan. As a writer, I know where I'm at. As a, as a journalist, media, oh, I'm not a, an established media member by no means at all. But Around the Foghorn gives me a pretty big platform and a good voice. A place to get my voice out. So, as a media member, I know where I'm at on the Giants. They're playing good baseball right now. They're 7-3 and three in their last 10 games. Their only losses, which is Bronson Arroyo, a one-run loss. A Clayton Kershaw loss, which is excusable, because Clayton Kershaw is probably one of the best pitchers in the last 30, 40, 30, 40 years. Non-steroids pitcher. Non-steroids pitcher. Roger Clemens was crazy good at steroids, though. Non-steroids pitcher. Clayton Kershaw's the best in the last so a loss to them is okay. It was it, it would have been nice for it to be closer, you know, maybe we could have sat there and said, Oh, we're gonna get to their bullpen and once we get to their bullpen, maybe we have a shot. Because Johnny Cueto could have kept the game closer. But Johnny Cueto isn't last year's Johnny Cueto. He's not keeping games as close. It's okay. Maybe he'll figure it out. Maybe he won't. I don't know. I don't really care at this point because, you know, Johnny Cueto they're still probably gonna win a lot of games with them on the mound. That's only a second loss. His second credited loss, I believe. Don't quote me on that. I'll check it a little bit later. Anyways, where am I at on the Giants? Sorry. It's a long tangent. I, I, I have tangents. I've got – I'm all over the place today. I'm sorry. Actually, I'm not. Where am I at on the Giants as a fan right now? I am. I am not to the point – where I am like 2014 confident in them. But I'm quite confident in them at this point. And if you want me to get to a point of how confident I was, to get me back to the point of how confident I was going into the season within this team and their ability, they need to win at least one of the next two games against the Cardinals, take two of three. If they split... Chicago, great. Chicago is a different – they're not as good this year. Um, not as, they're not performing to the level that they did last year. They're pitching just it's, – it's just not the same team. They're not performing to the same level. I mean, kind of getting knocked around by the stinking Brewers. So that tells you where they're at. But Chicago is a hard place to play. If you can get two of two or two – go two and two in this series against the Cubs – I'm back. I'm, I'm probably back. I mean, you go go into the season, and you tell me you have this stretch where you take the Dodgers at home for three games. You take two, three games in in St. Louis, another hard place to play, against a, actually a very good Cardinals team. The record shows how good they are. They're good. And then 
You go on the road for four games against the Cubs. You come back and play the Braves at home. If you were to tell me before the season that they would not have Madison Baumgartner or Hunter Pence on the roster, they would both be on the DL at the time for those three series. And you were to tell me that the Giants took eight games out of those four series. Means they went, what, eight and four, eight and five? I would have taken it. Knowing, I mean, with, with the confidence that I had in this team going into the season, and you look at this, this stretch right here, I would have taken that. I would have gladly taken that. And if that's what they do, I'm going to take it. That's, that's exactly what I would have expected out of this team. That would have been a good thing. So, the Giants win another game against this series with the Cardinals. They win two in Chicago, and they take two from the Braves. They're back. They're back, and you've got to worry about them now. If you're the rest of the NL West. Because, okay, Dodgers are very injured right now. They could, they, they're still a good team. Still a darn good team. The Rockies are playing pretty darn good. At some point, I feel like their pitching is going to come back to earth. But they're holding on. Long, they're propelling their good April longer than they have in the past. Which makes me think things are different there. They also have Greg Holland in that bullpen who has been the best closer in baseball this season by a long shot. And he costs like a heck of a lot less than Mark Melanson. But, I mean, it's different. Apples and oranges. He hasn't pitched in a year or two. Mark Melanson is a little bit older. It's interesting. Anyways, the Rockies are good. Diamondbacks are actually playing really good. It helps that they're playing the Padres. Kind of bumps up their recent record. But still, the Dodger, the, the Diamondbacks are ahead of the Dodgers in the division still. So, but the Giants come back. The Giants kind of get things going again. They're going to make some noise. And you better watch out. Just saying. You better watch out. And that's where I feel like I'm as a fan. I got to see this, these next seven, nine games. This next I mean, ten game stretch, basically. They went seven and three in these last ten games. If they can do something six and four, seven and three in the next ten games as well, they're back. They're back, they're back, they're back. All right. So we're gonna break we're gonna get into the show here. Kind of what I want to talk about a little bit more. Um we're gonna take a quick break so I can grab some water. Okay, that was a long intro. Anyways. I'm sorry too, like if you hear people like banging over the mic. I've got people above me. They're actually very nice people. Very nice guys. A couple of college kids. They're good dudes. But they're moving in up upstairs, so they're hammer, bang, 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 constantly. It's kind of frustrating when I walked in the door thinking, Oh man, I'm gonna do a podcast and they're hammering crap into the wall. Anyways, so if you hear something, it's not somebody trapped in my closet trying to get out. It's my neighbors moving in. And it's If there's anything trapped in my closet, it's me right now. Don't take that figuratively. I'm literally sitting here podcasting in my closet because that gives the best sound. Anyways, going to the show rundown. Division, we're going to talk to NL West, talk where the Giants kind of fit in, and kind of slash make fun of the Padres. (laughs) Kind of. I don't know. Kind of tell the truth. Kind of make fun of them. Um... We're going to talk the current um, happenings down on the farm, the minor leagues. We've, got a couple, we've had a couple articles this week kind of touching on the minor leagues. I did one um, just kind of showing where the top ten prospects are doing right now in the minors. Um, 
You can check that out on AroundTheFoghorn.com. Go over to the Miners tab. Click on that. It should be the most recent one. And another one we'll have coming out soon is just kind of an overview of the whole of how each team that is currently in play is doing. Um, I'm just going to go through. We're going to talk each team, talk some of the top performers on each team. Now it's kind of funny that a lot of them aren't significantly high up prospects that are doing well. But, and then we're going to talk the current Giants scenario, where we're at, what some of some of the lineup combo stuff that's changed recently. We were seeing the span. I know Hank Shulman tweeted out recently. It's a Spanic in one and two. I kind of like that. Spain and Panic at one two. We're going to talk about the Giants' record with Joe Panic in the two hole. Surprising, surprise. It's good. Um, and we're also going to kind of look at take play take a look into what played such a success. Or what was the success in the Dodgers series? Why did they get? Why were they successful in that Dodgers series? And we're going to take a look at the Cubs. This Cubs series coming up. We're just going to look at the pitching matchups. Uh, where do you think the Giants can get a win? Where do you think they won't get a win? I don't know. But so we'll have that coming up. I'm going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. All right, we're back. Are we back? So I think a chance in my head. Anyways, all right. So for this segment now, we're going to talk the NL West current. Where are we at? Where are the Giants at? Where is every other team at? And laugh at San Diego. Anyways. So current NL West standings. Colorado's in first place. Surprise, no surprise. They have the second best winning percentage in baseball. They're 628. Houston's at 690 because Houston's running away. They're running away. It also helps that the Rangers, Angels, and Mariners have all been kind of beating up on each other. Although the the, the Rangers have won 10 in a row. Which is crazy. They looked out at, man. Won ten in a row. I'm just looking at that right now. They were ten. They were thirteen and twenty. Now they're twenty three and twenty. They're still six and a half back. All right. So the Colorado Rockies are twenty seven and sixteen. Their road. Re- this is crazy to me. This is what's big to me. Their road record is fourteen and six. Their record at home is thirteen and ten. If you have a winning record at home and you have a winning record on the road, obviously you're going to finish over 500. But usually, I mean, the record, the big thing is, is having a killer record at home and being able to go 500 on the road. That's how you win it. That's how you make the playoffs. Go 500 on the road. Well, Colorado's well over 500. They're 14 and 6. At home, they're closer to 500, which is 13 and 10. Odd. But for me, I think a lot of it just has to do with they pitch, but they have good pitchers. And so when they get in a ballpark that's not stinking Coors Field, they don't get hit that hard. Their offense is still good. No matter where they play, they have good offensive pieces. So they're 14 and 6. They also have a bullpen that's killing it with run one, one run games in close situations in the 8th and ninth inning. Because Greg Holland is killing it. He's the best closer in baseball right now. Right now, he is the best closer in baseball. He's doing the best out of all of them. 
I mean, he's having literally. I saw a tweet somewhere. I can't find the tweet, but said his current stats is better than when he won the AAL Reliever of the Year. Current stats at that same level are better. That's pretty good. Diamondbacks are in second, 25 and 18. The Diamondbacks are good. I don't know what they're doing. It's just crazy. The Diamondbacks, it helps. I mean, let's see. Look at their last games this month. So, they've lost. I mean, they lost the series to the Nationals. They lost the series to the Rockies. They split a series with the Tigers, and then they went and played the Pirates, split a series with them. They played the Woeful Mets, who are in even worse shape than when we faced them. They go and they beat the Mets. Now they get to play the Padres for three games. Four games. Wow. Four games. What? No. Three games. Sorry, I'm going crazy. Three games against the Padres to help pad their win total. And then you got the White Sox. And then they go play the Brewers, who are good again. We'll see if they're still that good when they play them. But they've been playing well. I mean, they're beating the bad teams, which is what they're supposed to do. Beating the crap out of the Padres. Won 10 to 1 last night. Scored 17 runs in three games against the Mets. Only gave up 10. You win a series that way. So I don't know what to feel about this team. Because every time they play a good team, they don't do well. You know, they lose the series to the Nats, lose the series on the road to the Rockies. You know, they split one with Pittsburgh, who is not very good. They're 18 and 24, the same level as the Giants. But this is kind of what we expected out of Pittsburgh, right? They got a lot of injuries to their best players. They were in a deep ball club. And then Starling Marte got busted for steroids. It's going to be hard on Pittsburgh this year. But Arizona is 18 and 8 at home and 7 and 10 on the road. Obviously, the ball travels. That that ballpark is weird in Arizona, man. That's like playing ping pong. Not ping pong. Pinball. I mean, it just pings around there. Ball flies. Infield is hard. Ball flies and runs to the infield real hard. It's just different there. Also helps warm, thin, dry air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ball flies. They're tied with the Dodgers at 25 and 18. The Dodgers are super injured, and they're still 25 and 18. They're seven games above the Giants. Giants are in fourth, 18 and 25. Seven and three in their last 10. They finally have a winning record at home, and they are eight games below 500 on the road. That needs to fix. But I'm okay with a losing record. I'm not okay with a, a losing record by that bad. You want to have a losing record on the road by like three, four games over the 81 road games. Yeah, fine. That's okay. At home, dude, it's got to be better than 11 and 10. Got to be better than 11 and 10. Also has to be better than 7 and 15 on the road. Then you have San Diego, 15 and 29, 341, tied with Miami for the worst record and worst winning percentage in baseball. That's bad. 
the Phillies have just played like five games less than them, which is crazy. Five games left. The Phillies are have the same amount of wins, have five less losses, which is why their winning percentage is point three eight five. They've also played more games than the Marlins, who have 14 wins and 27 losses, but still same. Crazy. That was super weird. Something just fell. Oh, well. Anyways, you know, a bunch of boxes just fell on my thing. It's because people upstairs are moving in. Scared me. Okay, so this is where we're at. Giants are seven games back of the Dodgers. Seven games back of a wild card spot. They got a lot of work to do. We knew that. But I just don't... I don't know if the Dodgers... I mean, how well the Dodgers... I know the Dodgers can keep up this pace. They did it last year when they were injured. This is how it goes. Did it last year when they were injured. They ran away with the division over the Giants. Giants also kind of handed it to them because they stunk. The Diamondbacks are better. They're healthier. They got guys doing well. Pretty good. The Rockies punching well above their weight, but we knew at some point it was all going to come together for them. They were the next perennial power in this division, and they are here. I knew this year was going to be a tough one. I did not see the Diamondbacks being this good. I kind of saw them being maybe around 500, a little lower. So it's a four-team race in the division. Really, it's a three-team race until the Giants get their record close enough, and then we can call it a four-team race. And then you have the Padres, or the Padres, three A's, triple A. Look, I, I know I want I, – I laughed at this a few weeks ago. Um, there was someone was making a joke about how the, oh, everyone wrote off the Padres. Wrote them off, man. On May 3rd a great young baseball writer named Devin Fink. He's a good guy. He's a good baseball writer. He just simply pointed out the fact that the Padres have a better record than, at the time, May 3rd, had a better record than the Mets, Giants, Athletics, Mariners, Rangers, Blue Jays, and Royals. Yet I saw a bunch of Padres fans quote-tweeting that being like, oh, yeah, we were supposed to be last, worst team in baseball. Guess what? They're there now. It took them 17 days. 17 days to become the worst team in baseball. Which I th- thought was really funny. And you sit there, and you, you that's what we expected out of them. They're not good. They're not good. And you know what happens? You know, when the day... Here's the thing. The Padres, when they were not last place in the division... They were kind of sitting around 500. They were literally, and when they were beating the crap out of the Giants, they were literally playing the best possible baseball they could for the time. The best possible baseball. But now, they're playing a little bit worse. Are we surprised? No. 
You know why? Because this is what we expected. Let's look at this. I love looking at payroll. All right, so for this, I'm using spotrack.com. Uh, I've heard plenty of stuff. Oh, they're not that accurate. When you look at it. Okay, whatever. I don't really care. Um, still, most of these numbers for how their total payroll is and the overall numbers and where they're at, it gives a pretty good indication. It may not be exact to the dollar, whatever. The league average payroll, the league average total payroll, and according to them, this according to Spot Racket, it includes the payroll of their 25-man roster, their disabled list, retained salary, so people who play elsewhere that have a ton of that they're still paying on, and then buried salary, and then suspended salaries. The, the Blue Jays are the only ones with suspended salary because oh, the Pirates have three million when Marte suspended. The Blue Jays have a little over half a mil from Kevin Pillar suspended from his awful um, choice of language. But here we are. <laughs> that's, that's, I, I also thought it was really fun. I was looking at this. The, uh, the Toronto Blue Jays have $92 million in payroll on their disabled list, which is nuts. That's nuts. Half. I mean, the, Padre, the, the Blue Jays are paying $182 million, according to SpotRack. $182 million. A little bit more than half is on the disabled list. The Giants have $140 million on their 25-man roster right now and $37 million on the disabled list. It's about right. Giants are listed around $178 million, which I don't – I think it's a little low. I think it's a lot low. But you look at the how much they're paying on their 25-man roster, that's about right. The Giants are sixth in current payroll on their 25-man roster, $140 million, according to SpotRack. Let's see. Let's scroll down here. All right, so the league average is $99 million. Cleveland Indians sit above that line. The Mets sit below that line, $93 million. Cleveland Indians, $103 million. Here we go down. The Colorado Rockies are $90 million. That sounds about right. They got a lot of young guys. They're all under control. They're all cheap on young contracts. They haven't had to pay Nolan Arenado yet. Crazy. The San Diego Padres 25-man payroll, according to SpotRack, is $27 million. $27.875 million. It's a triple-A team. It's a triple-A team. And this is what they should be doing. This is what's expected. And where they were at when they were still a bad team but not the worst team in baseball was literally the best that they could possibly be. But yet we had a whole lot of Padres fans kind of joking, making fun of it. Oh, man, we're better than the Giants. We got a better record than the Athletics. We got a better record than all these teams. And 17 days later, you're right where we thought you would be. That's about right. The Padres are bad. They're going to stay bad, which means the Giants will very unless like this goes like south, like all of a sudden, like <laughs> crazy, crazy things would have to happen for the Giants to finish lower than the Padres. And you know, at the time, April it was cool. The Padres are punching above their weight, but dude, they have Jared Weaver in that rotation still. Still, 
Jared Weaver. Jared freaking Weaver is still in that rotation. Dude hasn't been able to pitch at a major league level in like three years. Okay, not three years. More like two. Last year, he was abysmal. He doesn't have it anymore. His velocity is so far down. His mistakes are up. It's gone. He's terrible, and he's still in that rotation, and that's how bad they are. That's how bad they are. Guys, the Giants should not have to worry about being last anymore. They're not going to have to worry about that. Because if they continue this run of play, they begin to play like the Giants that we knew. You know, they are who we thought they were. If the Giants continue to do this, they're going to be fine. So, before we go on another quick break, because I need to get some air, because I can't breathe in this room. It's hot. The Rockies, here's my, here's my power ranking for the West at the moment. And it did not change from the power ranking that I did on our website very recently. Dodgers, Diamondbacks, Giants, Padres. That's it. That's about right. So there you go. We're going to go on a quick break. I'll be right back. All right, we're back. We are back. Good to be back again. Hello, my name is Daniel Sperry. You are listening to the Sound of Foghorn podcast, if you didn't remember that. Huh. I'm trying to be funny. I'm not very funny. All right. So we just talked NL West a bit, kind of where the Giants fit into things. It's a good talk. Now we're going to discuss the minor leagues. We're going to discuss what's going on in the minors. And one thing I want to keep everybody keep in everybody's mind, for the casual fan, it's not when it comes to the minor leagues, it's not at all about the records. It's just not. It doesn't matter how the team is, if they're winning games, really. It matters player development. Because the Giants, if it is going to better help a player in AA, no matter how important to the success of his single-A team is, it's going to help him by putting him in double-A, he's going to go there. Really, the organization does not give a crap about the overall record of their minor league teams. Yeah, it's nice. But, I mean, they want guys moving levels. They want teams to be changing. They want players performing, regardless of the score. Really, I mean, really, only in the major leagues does the record of a team matter. It's all about player development. Managers are not put in because they're the all-time winningest manager in AAA history. They are put in AAA because they can help develop players. That's what matters. Currently, here's all the records. <laughs> As I say that, here's all the records for every single minor league team. Augusta is sitting at 13-26, and 26, last place. San Jose is sitting at 16-26. and 26. You guessed it, last place. Richmond, 17-22, and 22, not in last, only by a game. Sacramento Rivercats, 15 and 25, last place. They're not winning ball games, and that's fine. But what matters is player development. So here's a couple things. We're going to just go through each team and highlight some players and how good they're doing right now. Kelvin Beltre, for, we're going to start with Augusta. So Augusta plays in the Southern Atlantic or the South Atlantic League in Augusta, Georgia, called the Green Jackets. They're Logo is kind of a funny, like, bee wearing, like, the master's coat. 
with like baseball bats sticking out of his back. It's kind of cool. Anyways, Kelvin Beltre. I mean, I believe he's related to Adrian Beltre somehow, some way. Giants signed him in 2015. He didn't actually, he was out of the Dominican Republic. So, 2015, last year, in June. No, not last June. June of 2015. He was in Augusta. I mean, he's only 20 years old, so he's young. 20 years old, goes to Augusta. Then he had to go play for the Arizona team, the Arizona League Giants. Goes on the designated list. Comes back in September. Okay, June. It's on the 7-day DL for a while. August, he's in the Arizona League Giants again. This year, he's been on... He's been playing with the uh, with the Augusta Green Jackets the whole time. Keep in mind, he's 20 years old. He's fine. It's fine that he's down there. 34 games this year, he's hitting 269, slugging 462. 776 OPS. He's literally the team offensive leader. He has the most bases. Total bases, he has 60, which is first on that Augusta Green Jackets team. Four homers, two triples, nine doubles. It's not bad, but right now that's the best. That's the best. That's the best on the team offensively, which is sad. Because then you have guys like Sandra Fabian who are ranked in some in some te- in some people's prospect rankings, he's in the top ten. Nineteen year old from the Dominican Republic. He's got I mean, I've seen videos of him. He's got a great swing. He's got makes good contacts, got a lot of power, but the numbers aren't there right now. He's only hitting two forty three. His his on base percentage, the two sixty seven. He's hitting got thirty three strikeouts, three walks. It's not mightily impressive, but he's got the second best offensive production on the team. In the rookie league in 2016, in 42 games, he hit two homers, 13 doubles, had 35 RBI, was hitting 340. He slashed 340, 364, 522, 886 in the Arizona Rookie League. He's a good prospect, and he's a serious prospect, and people should pay attention to him. But it's okay. He's also 19 years old. It's okay that he struggles a little bit. It's okay that he struggles. So don't worry too much about that. He's young. He'll figure it out, hopefully. This is the interesting one. Another big guy going for the for the Green Jackets is Frondi De La Rosa. Frondi De La Rosa was the player that the that the Giants acquired from the Texas Rangers in the deal for um he he's the that's who they acquired in the trade for Clayton Blackburn um when they when Blackburn went to the Rangers. So, I mean, and here we go. In let's see, I'm looking at this stuff. So so far this season, over two teams, he's played with the with the Down East Wood Ducks, whose awesome like name makes the acronym Dude D E W D. I laughed when I saw that. He played eight games for them. Pretty bad. Twenty nine. Batted like barely over one or seven, but it's eight games. Who cares? So here we go. 92 at bats so far with Augusta. He's got 22 hits, 41 total bases, five doubles, four homers, a triple, 
He strikes out a lot. He also has 12 walks, which is pretty good. This is on base percentage. I mean, he's got a over a 700 OPS, 773, a decent slugging percentage. He's not a power hitting prospect. He's got a 327 on base percentage over his 239 batting average. That's pretty good. I'm okay with that. So that's a nice little plus. Um, in a trade, you got a somewhat decent prospect. He's only 21. Um, he's pretty raw. He, I mean, outside of last year, he spent the full year um, in the Southern Athletic League with the Hickory Crawdads. Um, not a bad player. 250. Has a high on-base percentage. 681 OPS, though. Didn't hit for much power. Um, did have 45 walks to 92 strikeouts. It's not bad. Uh, interesting player. Seems like he's got a good glove, if what I'm looking at here. Yeah, he's only committed two errors in, what, 200 innings on the field this year? It's not bad. Pretty good. So, he's a guy to take a look at. I mean, he's he's 21, so take your time with him. But it's a good – I mean, the the fact that the Giants got anything out of that trade for Clayton Blackburn is good. So then we go down and check, take a look at the pitching. Now, Augusta's famous for Dominic Mazza throwing that perfect game, and that's been like his one really big thing. Um, he's been okay throughout the year, but, I mean, there's a couple of pitchers that I want to take a look at that have been really good. In six starts, this guy Stephen Woods – He's an eighth-round draft pick from last season out of uh, whatever, New York, Albany. He's got opponents are hitting 178 off of him this year. He's got a 1.24 whip, 33 strikeouts, 32 innings, six starts. Only one homer allowed. He's got a 2.51 ERA. That's pretty good. Pretty good for a team that's not winning a whole lot of games. Two five one. So Stephen Woods has been good so far. Take a look at his last start. Six point one innings. So six and a third. He went only one earned run, struck out seven, walked one, gave up six hits. It's a pretty darn good start. Start before that. Three walks, three hits, eight strikeouts, one earned run over five innings. That's pretty darn good. So things are I mean he's this is a nice a nice looking thing. Stephen Woods has been good. Another one, Caleb Berger. He was a ninth-round draft pick out of University of Indiana last year. His last start, four strikeouts, five hits. The one before that, he had a six innings, three hits, one walk, one run, run nine strikeouts. Pretty darn good. 30, 30 and two-thirds innings. He's got a 1.27 whip. Opponents are hitting 243 off of him. A little over a two to one K to BB ratio. Six games. Start six games started. It's pretty good. So it's not bad. So we move on to San Jose. A couple other good guys that we got to talk about. Ryan Howard. Not that Ryan Howard, but the other Ryan Howard. He's a shortstop out of Missouri. Mizzou, University of Mizzou. Um he's hitting <laughs> he's hitting three oh one. He's got four homers, fifteen RBIs, four doubles, forty seven hits. So he's playing pretty well. Twenty doesn't strikes out a lot, doesn't walk a whole lot, but three oh one, three forty one, he's got a seven forty five OPS. Pretty good. 
got the most bases racked up on the Gi- on this San Jose Giants team, and he's got a good average going for himself too. It's 301 total average right now. Dylan Dobson is another one that a lot of people are kind of liking. He's been made a lot. Why? Because he's got six homers as of this. I think he's up to seven now, if the last I saw. He's got an 831 OPS. He's got a good on-base percentage combined with his average, and he's got a 500 slugging percentage. That's pretty good. He's doing well. He's got 58 total bases, six homers, six doubles, probably seven homers, six doubles. Does strike out a ton. 41 strikeouts to eight walks. But those are some impressive numbers. So far in San Jose, Aramis Garcia has been the one that everyone likes. He was a top 10 prospect, according to MLB Pipeline, as of last year. Um, I, he kind of The influx in the how good some of the pitching prospects has kind of knocked him down the list. He hasn't been a very good hitter um, throughout his minor league career. Uh, uh, his game kind of went more – he was known as a hitting catcher coming in. Didn't have a lot of defensive stuff. Then he became a really good defensive catcher and stopped hitting. Now he's hitting, and he's been a pretty good defensive catcher. I know he had a little stint on the DL with San Jose this year. But in 98 at-bats, he's got 265 average. Okay, not bad. Um, But he's got 53 total bases, nine doubles, six homers, 26 RBI, slugging 865. It's, It's encouraging signs, playing well. So... Hopefully he keeps it up hot. He's a second-round draft pick in 2014. He's 24. Giants, I'm sure, would like to see him move a little bit quicker, move sooner, but, you know, it's not been bad for him. So it would be nice to see him kind of go into get maybe get into Richmond this year. But he's still a decent prospect, catching prospect. Um, but he's had a good start to the season with uh, with San Jose. Jalen Miller also is a number, another um, good prospect. He's a young prospect. He's only 20 years old. Uh, he spent a couple years with Augusta. He spent a full year with Augusta, and now last year was his first full season in the minor league system. It was okay. Uh, he's a 223 average, 322 slugging, so he's not a big power hitter. Um, he's a third-round draft pick, but a lot of people compared him um, at least his his knack for hitting to somebody like Brandon Phillips, but he's still got a lot of holes in his swing, got a lot of things to figure out. Um, 150 plate appearances this year. He's got he's had he's hitting 233. He's got a 286 OPS, but he does have three homers, seven doubles uh, out of his 35 total hits. Um, so it's kind of interesting. He's been he's been better this year, um, but you know this this is good for him because this is so far his best year in the minors. So that's a good thing that he's improving, but young guy is only 20 years old um, playing at the high a level. So it's okay if he struggles a little bit, but he's doing good. Daniel Carbonell has been one that was a signing a few years ago out of Cuba. Giants thought he was going to play move quicker and he just hasn't uh, just hasn't been that good. Um, So that's kind of disappointing. Uh, Brian Reynolds was their top draft pick last year, but not their best draft. He's, he's not the number one first-round draft pick. He's only a second-round pick. Um, he's he's had an okay season. Uh, he, has, he hasn't been playing to what people expected numbers-wise. I mean, when he was in, he played in, in the, in the state with Salem-Kaiser in the short-A season and 154 at-bats. I mean, he had a 312 average, 500 slugging, above 800 OPS. 
he came up to San Jose and he's just not doing that. Uh, he's only got, he's not a power hitter. He's not a home run hitter, but you know, he was going to strike out a lot. He was going to not walk as much, but man, he's just not making good contact. He's not getting on base, um, which is something that's kind of con, I won't say it's concerning, but you kind of hope he starts to pick it up because he's a really good prospect. Heath Quinn is another one that they just called up. He's been doing well. Um, so we moved to Richmond. Miguel Gomez has been the big guy in Richmond this year. He's hitting 338. This is what his slash line is. 338, 373, a 476 slugging percentage, and an 848 OPS. Pretty darn good. Uh, he leads the team in total bases. I mean, this is good. This is, a good, this is good things. Um, good things that the Giants have seen from him. Uh, he played in Augusta and in uh, San Jose last year. Um, had 142 total bases in Augusta. In 66 games, he hit 371 at a 933 OPS. He's not a power hitter. He's not a big-time power hitter. But, man, he makes contact. He gets on base. And that's a good thing. It's a real good thing. So keep an eye on him. Chris Shaw has been another fantastic story. Uh, Chris Shaw is hitting above 300. He's not striking out. He's striking out. He's got 23 strikeouts only, 18 walks, good. Uh, 26 RBIs, got five homers, 10 doubles um, out of his 37 hits. He's getting on base over 400. He's hitting over 300. He's got a 900 OPS. Good things, very, very good things, so especially for a, one of the top prospects in the organization. Uh, another thing I think that's kind of interesting to look at, too, is like look at his fielding. The Giants have him playing out in left field this year. He's got... 131 innings in left field and 159 innings at first base. He's yet to make an error in the outfield, which is good. He doesn't have an outfield assist. I don't know. He's playing in left field. The fact that it was, we mentioned it in the article when we were discussing the top 10 prospects is that Henry Shulman tweeted out that, you know, the fact that even Bochy kind of made a comment on that is something to kind of take note of is that he's looking good in left field. So future left field solution. Absolutely. Um, I would love to see what he does in AAA. Really, I mean, he's uh, he had troubles when he went from when he jumped from uh, San Jose to Richmond last year. Kind of picked it up his last month. Now he's killing it in Richmond, which is a good it's a good pitcher's league, and he's killing it. Uh, so he's got to you got to look up look for a move maybe in June or something like that. Uh, but man, he's playing well. That's a good thing. We go to another guy that's kind of interesting was Slade Heathcott, who was a first-round draft pick from the New York Yankees. 2009 kind of pulled him in, and he's playing very well. As far as pitchers go, DJ Snelton has been an interesting one. A ninth-round draft pick in 2013. He's got he's a relief pitcher. He's got 24 strikeouts to four walks, 18 innings. That's pretty good. He's got a 4.47 ERA, 4-0 out of the bullpen. That's pretty good. That's pretty darn good. He's only allowed a total of 21 base runners in 19 innings. He's got a whip, 1.11. That's nice. And he's a lefty. Move him up. I'm just kidding. I don't know if he's ready yet. But you've got to give him a chance. Uh, it's, it's something to take a look at, man. And you have Jordan Johnson who has a, been a very good starter this year. He's got a 1.14 whip, 29 strikeouts in 34 innings, 2.62 ERA in his five starts. Good stuff. 
encouraging signs from a guy who's in some people's top 10 prospects. Andrew Suarez, another top 10 prospect across the board. He's got 35, I'm looking at this, 35 strikeouts to seven walks. That's good. He doesn't, uh, and his, which is interesting because his whip is above 1.3, but he gets hit a lot. He's got 46 hits surrendered. So guys are hitting him, but he's not walking them. See, there's strike, looks, looks like a lot of strikeouts, a lot of walk, a lot of hits, not a whole lot of walks. Uh, but that's encouraging. He does have a 3-1-2 ERA in seven games. So keep an eye on him. He was a first mover last year. He was a 2015 draft pick. He's already up in double A, and he's been performing pretty well. Keep an eye on him. He's a pretty good pitcher. Uh, we might see him in AAA sometime soon this year. Corey Taylor's another one that we're taking a look at, a starter. Uh, I thought this was interesting. He's got a high whip, and he's walked 20 people. He gives up a lot of hits, 35 innings, but he has 42 strikeouts in 35 innings. That's pretty interesting to me. Kind of something to take a look at. I don't know. It'd be nice if he could get his whip down. Looks like he's got a lot of control issues, um, but does strike a lot of people out. He's been okay. Another one is Carlos Alvarado. Hang on a second. Somebody's going crazy on my phone. Carlos Alvarado is a reliever. 14 innings. Or not 14 innings, 14 games, 16.1 at 16 in the third innings. He's only allowed 15 base runners. Got a whip under one. Opponents are hitting 179 off him. He's got a over six to one walk strikeout to walk ratio. 31 strikeouts, five walks, and 16 innings. Reliever 6'4", 175. I know he's 27 years old, but that's something to take a look at, man. That's something to take a look at. So we're done with Richmond. We'll move on to Sacramento. I know this is kind of long-winded. Just These are just things that kind of find interesting. Ryder Jones has been awesome. They've been trying him out in the outfield as well. Um, but Ryder Jones is hitting 289. He's got an 850 OPS, three homers, and uh, 90 at-bats. It's pretty good. Um, I'd like to see him keep the hits coming. Um, he's kind of slumped off the last couple of games um, after really having a hot start. But good things. He's only struck out 19 times, got 11 walks. He's getting on base. Those are good things. Uh, Austin Slater has been awesome. He's batting over 300. His numbers are kind of looking at where the, yeah, after a rough start, his numbers are finally kind of looking at what they were towards the end of last season when everyone was sitting there saying, call him up, call him up. He may get called up this year, and that's not going to be shocking. Uh, he's a good outfielder. He's someone to take a look at. Then you have Tyler Bede, who's been fantastic. 330 ERA, over eight starts, 43 innings. He's got a 1.3 whip. He's got, you know, 30 strikeouts, 15 walks. He's fine. Um, Needs to refine a few things, but his last start went seven innings, uh, four strikeouts, six hits, one walk, one run. Those are good things. Joan Gregorio has also been awesome. He's got 36 strikeouts, 29 Walks. Um, his whip is high because he walks a lot of people. Uh, his opponent's average against him is 199. 43 innings. He's got a 2470 RA. Good things from Joan Gregorio. He could be a good bullpen addition if needed, but he's a righty, so I know the Giants are looking at some lefties maybe, but it's good, good things from Gregorio, who's also listed as a top 10 prospect in other places. Dan Flania, uh, it's kind of frustrating because he had, he, he had one start, went six innings. Uh, struck out eight, 
one start in in double A. He had a one five ERA, and they they immediately moved him up to triple A, where he's gone. He's got an eight six five ERA and seven starts, thirty four innings. Opponents are heading three sixteen off of him. He has struck out thirty four people, but he's getting hit. But he'll learn, and it'll be fine. Uh, and then Tyler Rogers, another um, reliever down in AAA. He's gotten 25 innings, uh, 13 strikeouts, seven walks. So opponents are hitting 182 off of him. Um, he's only got only allowed 16 hits. It's pretty good. Um, really, he's an interesting reliever. Someone to take a look at. And then Kyle Crick. This is the one that's just kind of crazy to me. Is the emergence of Kyle Crick as a viable bullpen option. 16 innings. He's gone 16 innings, guys, in the bullpen. It's 19 strikeouts to seven walks, a 1-2-2 whip. It's 3.3 ERA. Yeah, he's kind of coming around. Kind of coming around. That's It's encouraging things. So hopefully we see more stuff like that. That's your minor league update. I know it was long-winded, but, you know, it's kind of interesting. A couple of older guys that are trying to make it work out, too. Jay Gwynhong uh, has been... Decent. He's hitting high, um, high averages. And then Orlando Calixti has been awesome. He's got a lot of homers. Uh, he's an interesting thing, to, an interesting player to look at. And I say this um, because I know one of our reader questions that we have in the article coming up was about how, you know, if he doesn't start, if Christian Arroyo doesn't start hitting, um, he might get sent down. I know his defense has been outstanding, but the question is, is who do you bring up? I mean, you got to have another infielder on the roster. I don't think I, I think he's a better option than Aaron Hill. I'll tell you that he's a better option than Aaron Hill, one hundred percent. I'd rather him be up there learning slash struggling than have Aaron Hill up there doing his career average or worse than his career average because that's what he's been the last two years. So. Think about that one. But Orlando Calixti is a great – he's on the 40-man roster. He's a minor league option. He can play both the infield and the outfield. He's been hitting very well in Sacramento. That's an interesting thing to look at. He's been hitting well over a long period of time. So Calixti's one to take a look at. Huang's another one to take a look at. He can kind of play both infield and outfield, but he's got a lot of errors. Calixti doesn't have a lot of errors. He's been playing well. So, yeah, so there's your minor league thing. We are uh, – Wrapping that segment up, we're going to move into our very last segment here. Thanks for sticking with us for a bit. Uh, we're almost done here. Um, we're going to talk kind of some of the lineup stuff. We're going to talk where they're at right now um, as a team, what went well with the Dodgers series, Cardinals series, what's been, what, what helped the last game, what we got coming up here. Uh, and then you've got the series versus the Cubs. We're going to kind of run through the pitching mashups, and then we'll be good. Stick with us. We're going to go on another quick break. Thanks for listening to Sound the Fog. All right, we're back. Last segment. We're wrapping it up. We're getting it done, guys. All right. So we're down looking at this. I just want to make a note of this. This is some fun stuff to look at. The Giants have been very successful in their last six games. They're four. I don't say their last six games. They've been successful in the last ten. Joe Panic is batting second. Denard Span has been good in the leadoff spot. And then Joe Panic, who puts the ball in play a lot, is batting second. And then you have Brandon Belt behind him, who's starting to hit a lot better because 
He's not a number two hitter. Joe Panic's a number two hitter. So I went and I went this. Base, thank you, Baseball Reference, because Baseball Reference is awesome. Um, I subscribe to the Play Index, and this is what we're looking at here. So 2017, Joe Panic in the two-hole. Giants are 4-2 and two with him in the two-hole. They're 14-23 and 23 with him not in the two-hole. Yeah, six games compared to 37. Not a great comparison. In 2016... The Giants were 46 and 26 with him in the two hole. 41 and 49 with him not in the two hole. Hmm. 2015, 51 and 43 with him in the two hole. 33 and 35 with him not in the two hole. In 2014, now this is the fun one because he only he wasn't up there for the whole time. Hunter Pence had a significant amount of games there. He Hunter Pence had 95 games batting in the two hole which is also another option in down the road, just to think about when Pence comes back. That's an option. Just bat him in the two-hole. But Pence, two-hole, 50 and 45. This is the only year that the Giants had a winning record with him there, without, without Joe Panic in the two-hole. He's 21 and 16 with him in the two-hole, though, too. So over, since 2014, since Joe Panic has been on this roster, With Joe Panic in the two hole, the Giants are 122 and 87. Pretty good. Without him, it's including a year where they were nine games above 500 with him. The Giants are 152 and 165. 13 games under 500, and Joe Panic is not in the two hole. Hmm. Joe Panic should be in the two hole. That's crazy. No, it's not. It's not crazy. And I know there's a whole lot of sabermetric stuff. Oh, you want to put your best on-base percentage here, your best on-base percentage here, your best. You want to slot your order like that, which is, I mean, trust me, I want high on-base percentage up in front of my big hitters. Hmm. I'm okay. Look, I'm okay with Denard Span being up there. He does get on-base at a decent amount. He's been playing really well since he came back from the DL. I'm impressed, and I'm happy, and I hope it sticks. Span is fine as a leadoff spot. That's where he's best. Lead-off spot or the nine spot. He's actually been pretty good in both those spots. Anywhere else, he's bad. Nard Span in the in the whole, in lead-off spot. I'm okay with that. Do not put Brandon Belt in the in the two hole. It doesn't work. It's not his best spot. Joe Panic in the two hole. Two hole. It's been good. History has shown it's good, and he gets a high enough on base percentage. He puts the ball in play a lot. A lot. He's always putting the ball in play. That's the kind of guy you want. When Denard Span gets on base, you want him to put a seeing eye single. Denard Span's at third base. Surprise. Not surprise. That's what should happen. So then Buster Posey comes up, or Brandon Belt comes up, who's a guy who, guess what, doesn't hit into a whole lot of double plays. Why? Because they put the shift on him. A ton. Don Brandon Belt like crazy. And when they don't put the shift on him, and it's a double play situation, Guess what? They get a double play. They don't get a double play. He hits out of the shift. I messed up my... I totally messed up the emphasis on that. But it's working. Brandon Belt should not be in a two-hole. Three, four, five, six. I'm okay with that. Any of those spots. Great spots. 
not in the two-hole. He's not a two-hole hitter. Why? Because you want your two-hole, in my opinion, two-hole hitter, someone hitting in the second spot. I want them to put the ball in play a lot, a lot. I want Joe Panic there because he puts the ball play in play a lot. And it works. It's shown. There's your record. 122 wins, 87 losses with him in the two-hole. Without him in the two-hole in game regular season games since, 2005, since 2014, they are 152 and 165. There is your proof. Joe Panic should be in the two-hole. Case closed for me. So we're going to move on from that. We're going to look at the Dodgers series. What went well? Wow, the starting pitching was awesome. In the two games that they won, actually, every single game that they've won recently, your starter has gotten a quality start. Shocking. Actually, not shocking. Guess what happens? When, you, when your starter goes six innings and allows three runs or less, you're probably going to win a game. Johnny Cueto, quality start. They lost the game. That's just how it goes. Games two, and, games two and three, the Giants were not good with runners in scoring position. They were one for 12 in game two. Crazy. They stranded so many people. Game three, they didn't have anybody come to bat with runners in scoring position. So that was bad. But it was Kershaw. So just kind of write it off. I don't care at that point. Game one, they were four for six with runners in scoring position when they scored eight runs. Man, that's your recipe for success. The Giants would have absolutely blown out the Dodgers in that 2-1 win, the set game two, would have absolutely blown out the Dodgers if they had gotten two or three more hits with runners in scoring position. Would have been six or seven to nothing. And that's it. The Giants need the timely hits. You know? And they've been doing it lately. They've been doing it a lot lately. They've been good lately. You know why? Because they're hitting well with runners in scoring position. You can go back, go back to the games where they won against Cincinnati, where they beat and scored a ton of runs against Cincinnati. That Saturday, Sunday, even that Friday night win. Well, Friday night win, not so much. But Saturday, Sunday, go look at that. Guess what? It's for the runners in scoring position. That's how they win ball games. That's how they're going to win ball games. They need three to four hits with runners in scoring position. They'll win every single. They'll win a game doing that. Because their starters are good enough, and their pitchers pitch well when they have leads. I mean, really, the bullpen has been fine lately. Derek Law has done a great job as a closer. Last night, Mark Melanson, fantastic. Okay, so someone gets on base. Guys have been getting on base on him a lot. Okay. Guess what? Double play ball. You know why? Because that's his bread and butter. His bread and butter has been uh, making hitters not make good contact. So when you have a defense that that's as good as the Giants behind him, whose last year was the best defense in baseball, had three gold glove winners. Guess what? He's going to be fine. Yeah, he's going to allow some hits. He's going to allow a guy on. Yeah. Guess what? Got the best defense in baseball behind him. He'll be fine. You know what they need is they need the other guys to step up. And Hunter Strickland and Derek Law have stepped up. Games last couple of weeks, they've stepped up. Last night, they used George Contos in a situation, a close game situation, to protect a lead that he does not come in, in and does not fare well in. Where he's at his best is protecting and gap maintenance. I wrote a piece on it earlier in the year. You can go find it. Go to our webpage, roundthefoghorn.com. Go in the search bars, search George Contos. 
talks about George Contos' role and how underappreciated it was. Because George Contos, his best, his best, his best ERA, his best time pitching was when he entered games where they were either down by more than a run or up by more than a run. He's not a high leverage pitcher. That he doesn't pitch well in those situations. But he's great at coming in when all his job is is to keep the gap. Keep the gap. The Giants had a one-run gap. That's not a gap. A gap, two, three runs. That's a gap. That's a gap in the score. That's where he's his best. That's why it happened last night. But the Giants got the timely hit last night. I don't have the numbers from last night, what they were with runners in scoring position. I might be able to pull it up real quick. Because I went through and I got all of my stuff to look at. Man, it's the sixth inning right now. I know the Giants game's going on right now, but man, it's the sixth inning. I've been doing, this, this game started an hour and 15 minutes ago. I'm trying to get this thing done. It's going to rain. It's going to rain! I sit there, every time I see it's going to rain, I just think of Family Guy and the weather guy. It's going to rain! Yelling. Anyways, I'm trying to pull it up here. That's why I'm being stupid talking about Family Guy and stuff like that. You know, that's one of my favorite shows. Family Guy. Cracks me up. Box score. Let's see. Come on. My internet's kind of sucky right now. The Giants, last night, with runners in scoring position. Three hits. Yeah, they were three for 13. They left 12 on base. Could have been a lot better. But, guys, they got three hits with runners in scoring position. They scored six runs. That's how you do it. That's the recipe for success. Three to four hits with runners in scoring position. That's how they're going to win ball games because their pitching is going to be good enough to keep the game close. That's what they got to do from now on. Johnny Cueto didn't do that in their loss. Six innings pitched, eight hits, five earned runs. Johnny Cueto hasn't been good this year. Kind of got to figure it out soon. He's older, though. He's going to decline soon. He's gonna if if he if he opts in, he's going to decline very expensively. That's kind of worrying me. We'll answer that in our next piece coming up, and maybe he'll answer me in his next start. Speaking of his next start, it will come in the upcoming series versus the Chicago Cubs. Giants are going to run out Black Cueto, Moore or Ty Block Black Block. I don't know. I can't say it right. I'm stupid sometimes. Ty Block. Johnny Cueto, Matt Moore, Jeff Samarja, in that order, against John Lackey, Kyle Hendricks, John Lester, and Eddie Butler. Giants, I don't know, man. Like I said, they can take two of two from this series, can keep the the blowouts or damage to a minimum. The Cubs are still a good team. You should be worried about the Cubs any time. But the Giants have been pitching really well lately, outside of Johnny Cueto. Look, I would love to, love to, love to, love to see the Giants win this series in Chicago. I don't expect them to. I didn't expect them to going into the series, going into the season. But it's huge. They take two of two. It's great. All right, guys. That's going to do it for us. Thanks for listening. I know we were long-winded. Um, I, I Honestly, I don't care. Um Actually, I do care a little bit. We will have this up soon. Um, 
take a look. We've got some great pieces coming out soon this weekend too. Um, take a look, especially for our big time fan, our fan question, fan, not our fans, but Giants fans, our readers, their questions. You get to answer about five, six, four, five, six, something like that. Four or five. Four or five of them we're going to answer. It's going to be great. Check it out. Again, thanks for listening. Um, we'll have this up, like I said, soon. It'll be on either Blog Talk. You can subscribe to us on Blog Talk Radio, download the Blog Talk Radio app, or iTunes. We are working on getting it posted to iTunes soon. But remember, Sound the Foghorn Podcast, that is who we are. My name is Daniel Sperry. I'm a site co-expert at Around the Foghorn. Um, take a look at our stuff, www.aroundthefoghorn.com. We'll have everything. We have everything on the games updated. We have as much as we can on the recent news. Um, stay tuned with us. You know, we'll be doing this all season and into the off season. You know, trade season is going to pick up soon, and we're going to have the good conversation of buyer or seller, who are the Giants, and I think we'll do that question by the end of next week. But pay attention, folks. We've got a lot more great stuff coming out. And thanks again for listening to our show. Tune in, you know, every time. Well, hopefully, the goal is to do this weekly, but, you know, we'll post it out on our Twitter account at roundthefoghorn.com. The A in the word, in the, the name around the foghorn is the at symbol. Uh, if you find us on Twitter, you can follow me on Twitter at SperryDaniel94. Again, thank you for listening, folks. It's been a great time talking Giants baseball. And hopefully next time we talk, we can talk about a team that's, you know, moving up in the world, moving up in the division. But they are playing a lot better. So things are positive now. All right, that'll do it for tonight. Thanks, guys. Go Giants.